Welcome to the February episode of Live from the Hive Season 4. On this episode of Live from the Hive, we discuss what is happening around the school this month, current events, and our special guest who worked for a U.S. Senator. All this and more on the February edition of Live from the Hive. All right, let's do this. From the studios of school number one, this is Live from the Hive. Welcome back everyone to our February edition of Live from the Hive. I'm Michael and I'm joined here today by my co-host Caitlin. Uh, Caitlin, why don't you get us started with our February events. February 1st and 2nd will be single session days because of student-led conferences. On February 3rd, report cards are viewable on Parent Portal. On February 7th, there is a Board of Ed meeting. On February 10th, G&T 5th grade is having a STEAM day. February 13th, there is a School 1 staff meeting. February 14th is Valentine's Day. Just wait one second before you get on to the other happenings. Mr. Platteroti, it's the end of an era. You got married. Yeah. So am I going to have to find another Valentine? You'll always be my Valentine, Mr. Delfino. Always. Ah, virtual hug. On February 17th, it is a single session day. February 20th, uh, schools are closed for midwinter recess. On February 22nd, GNT 7th grade Geography B. February 26th, the 8th grade Applebee's fundraiser is happening in the morning. And that is for students' last names N through Z. 8th graders, you know exactly what we're talking about. If you don't, we're going to have a meeting sometime as we get closer. And for those students, you need to uh, step up the game a little bit because the first Applebee's that we had in January was phenomenal. We knocked it out of the park. So you better step up. On February 27th, there is a PTA meeting, some club announcements. February 7th is a the Sources of Strength meeting. On February 8th, there is a JMA meeting. February 9th, there is a Culinary Club meeting. On February 15th, there is a student council meeting. On February 16th, there is an NJHS meeting. On February 23rd, there is a culinary club meeting. Michael, Caitlin, what an amazing run through with the happenings. Great job. Great job. We're Thank proud. You, Mr. See, now, Thank you. Now you're starting to feel comfortable on the mic. You're doing an amazing job. That's all that is happening for this month. Uh, we will bring this episode's mystery guest right after hearing from Juliet about the latest fashion news. Stay tuned. So I'd like to introduce our mystery guest. Our clue is that they worked for a U.S. Senator. Mr. Mystery Guest, can you please introduce yourself? Yes, and hello listeners. This is Mr. Spingarn here. Uh, I want to thank everyone for the invitation to be part of this podcast. Although uh, coming in, I was, I was told that this was an accolade and what, what would we call it? Superlative session for the benefit of Mr. Spingarn here. So I had I, to convince him that he was coming in to be praised. But you're now going to be grilled. A bunch of questions that we have. Our wonderful eighth graders have come up with a bunch of questions for you. So you're going to be put on the hot seat, Mr. Spingarn. And I am looking forward to it. So for those of you who don't know me, uh, I'm Mr. Spingarn. I teach fifth grade social studies, seventh grade personal finance, fifth and sixth grade current topics. And I also am in a sixth grade social studies class as well with Miss Peach. So definitely happy to be here and um, looking forward to a, a great podcast. 
So can you just elaborate on the uh, working for a senator? Yeah. We got it wrong, right? We said U.S. senator, I believe. So could you just correct us kindly? Yeah, so this was a New Jersey state senator, and this is going back. I started there late in 2007. So this is going back 15, 16 years almost, and uh, worked there for nearly four years, uh, doing everything from public relations, constituent services, uh, bill reviews, was on the line with uh, a lot of our uh, government agencies and really uh, really just a uh, the the voice behind the voice uh, well I, I should say the writer behind the voice a lot of what I did was something called ghostwriting where I would compose speeches I guess let's call it speech writing here and would compose speeches and other remarks uh, for the senator to deliver and would uh, write down bullet points for uh, anything for, for committees that he was in, law and public safety, judiciary. So just to give you a, an idea, that's, that's some of what we did over there, what I did over there. Okay, to start us off, we understand that you ra you're, are rather new to the teaching profession. Aside from working with a U.S. Senator, what are some other jobs you've held? Wow, so worked in finance, this might take us a while, uh, worked in finance, besides government, um, I worked in finance, uh, as well, and uh, specifically uh, working in the the business banking realm. So, um, a lot of us, when we think of uh, companies out there, uh, smaller and even the the bigger ones, uh, those those businesses, those companies need everything from deposit services to lending to um, uh, ways that they can uh, move and and make uh, services easier for their clients. And so that's a lot of what we did. Uh, there's a lot of math that goes into that. It's very math heavy, yeah. very math intensive, but it, it, it's something that I did in addition to working in, in the government capacity. And also I uh, had worked in the, the, the bank's acquisition arm to, to bring in uh, consumer uh, business and, and commercial business as well. So. Thank you for the question. So after all those jobs, what really made you want to move to education and teaching? Wow. Uh, an, an innate desire to help others grow, thrive, and learn. Uh, that's really what's, what's all behind it. I, I myself loved being a student, loved going to school, loved the learning process and learning from others. and knew that was something that uh, I was passionate about, but didn't go into it initially. And always knew that that was, that was part of my makeup, part of my composite, and finally made the decision to, to switch in industries. And um, it is, uh, is my reason for, uh, my reason, my, my passion, and, and my delight to, to see all of our students and to, to, to be part of uh, this district, this school, and, in our community here. And coming from school number three, how have you liked the transition to middle school and what is the biggest challenge in teaching both age groups? That's a great question. So was it school three for a day last year and then school two for most of the week? So it was about four days at school two, one day at school three. 
And although the ages and the grades and, and really the content is different, the, the goals stay the same. And uh, over there, it's, it's, it's seeing uh, our growth and the betterment of our skills and the betterment of us uh, collectively throughout the year. So although it's, it was a younger group in any different subject matter I was teaching, you know, the goals here were the same um, for, for, for the students. And, and middle school is, is really been awesome to, to use a word here. Uh, just a, uh, a great community um, and a great, a great student population here. So glad to be part of it and, and fortunate to be uh, here with all of you. That's great to hear. We did some research and we found that you are a big fan of baseball. If you were the commissioner, what are some things you would like to see changed in uh, the game of baseball? Oh, great question. I'm glad you asked. So there's some things that have taken effect already and some on the horizon. I'll try and keep my comments brief because I could talk about baseball all day. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of the pitch clock and I'm not a big fan of the robot umpires. And I know in the minor leagues, at least this year, from what I've read, uh, those are going to be introduced. So that's, that's one thing I'm not in favor of. And if implemented, I would certainly repeal as soon as possible. I'm, I'm also not uh, big on the, the, the bigger bases, that is increasing the size of uh, the bases uh, in the game. I, I, I am a big fan of a running game that is stealing bases, but I, I want it to be a, a challenge for players. I, I think by increasing the size of a base, it's, uh, it, it does increase chances that the, the runner will reach base, but I, I, I do like the challenge or, or really retaining the size of the bases there. I, I also was a, a big fan of not having the DH in the National League. So you can count me as not a fan of the universal DH. So I would likely repeal the universal, universal DH and have the NL uh, or, or perhaps even the AL make the pitcher bat. So those are just, just some things. But, but certainly I would, I would never be in favor of the, the robot umpires. I like, I like baseball being having this human element and and I'm not a big fan of the pitch clock either, so I would keep it that way. Uh, we could go on and on, but I'll, I'll leave it right there. Since we've talked about some things you would like to change, what are some things that you hope never change? The human element, uh, the passion, and the, the history. See, you know, baseball has been uh, played here and, 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 and elsewhere in other countries for a very long time. And hitting a round object coming at you 100 miles or more with another round object is, is tough enough. But thinking uh, and being proactive, and I relate this to almost all areas of life, but, but thinking about what's, go what's next and what we need to do proactively is, is probably one of my favorite things uh, about baseball. We're always, we're, you're always thinking. You don't stop thinking in the game of baseball. Uh, a pitcher's thinking what he or she needs to do next. So is the batter and the runner. All of the players are, are thinking about situations that could arise. And that's one thing I love about baseball. I hope that never changes. I don't want there to be a clock in baseball. We think about all of the other sports that have clocks. Baseball has always been unique because it has a clock. And I also like that managers and coaches dress the same as the players. It, it really... Uh, gives the team and the fans a sense of unity 
and that we're all here literally on on the same team so those are things I hope that never change certainly the human element uh, the human umpires uh, the managers the coaches those are things I hope stay the same so you are what we call a baseball purist well yes but perhaps we can perhaps we can organize an an additional, an ancillary or auxiliary episode to discuss just baseball. Talking baseball. Talking baseball. Talking baseball with Mr. Spingard. <laughs> now, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Who's in your, your top four, top five greatest baseball players of all time? Well, I'm going to pause here because this is on record. This is on record, folks. <laughs> yeah, no pressure. We we will have uh, evidence of this forever and ever. I, I think one's pretty obvious. Shohei Otani. I'm going. Oh, come, first whoa. comes to mind. <laughs> Shohei Otani is this generation's Babe Ruth. So I thought I'll you were going to say Babe Ruth. Well, Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. I thought that would be number one. I. Uh, it. Quite difficult to dispute, but I wasn't alive when Babe Ruth played. I have been alive while Shohei Otani has played, and he's a top five pitcher and hitter. That's a tough thing to do, yeah. especially in this generation at any time in baseball. Uh, Babe Ruth is uh, up there. I, I might need to table this because I'm, I'm going to have to put some more thought. But, but right now, I, I, I do feel the best player in the game overall is, is Shohei Otani. I do like players that that are not one-dimensional that don't just hit home runs and don't just steal bases multi-tool also those who are who are who are impactful in a positive way in the clubhouse so that don't just have great statistics that that are winners inside the game and outside the game but uh, let, let me leave it there let's let's table number one Shohei Otani for now and then I'll, I'll, I'll be adding some on in, in subsequent episodes and conversations so uh, we know you teach your personal finance uh, here at School One for our seventh graders. If you could give two personal finance tips that you think every middle schooler should know, uh, what would they be? Know yourself, number one. That's something that we discuss nearly every single class. Your can, you, can you elaborate on that? Your thoughts become your words. Your words become your actions. Your actions become your habits, your habits become your character, and your be character becomes your destiny. Uh, that's not Mr. Spingarn's creation. That's someone else's. But we need to know ourselves. We need to know our thoughts. We need to know what we say and how we say it. Be responsible for our actions. And know that, that all of those things eventually pour into our habits. If we know our habits and how we go about doing things, that will dictate greatly how we do, how we are in finance. So uh, a lot of folks may think, hey, it's, it's to, to study math or, or be uh, very skilled at the order of operations. And, and of course, yes, that's part of it. But th the first thing here is, is to know your habits, to know what kind of person you are and how that translates into finance. That's something we do first in, in our first month in personal finance. The next thing is to take financial literacy with Mr. Platterotti. <laughs> that was a shameless plug. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. That was a it. shameless plug. To t take financial literacy and be aware that this is something that was not offered in school schools 
going back a decade, two decades, three decades, and so on. We're coming to a point now where, per, where personal finance, in order to graduate this district and, and others, you're going to have to take a personal finance course at some point. Michigan just became the 14th state to mandate uh, such a requirement. We are, we have, um, we're at a point where we, we're, we have access to, to classes that many of our parents or families did not have access to. So uh, the second thing here is to be aware and appreciative of the, of the opportunities that we have uh, to take the course and learn about financial literacy, learn about p personal finance, and then, and then go forward. Use that as a, a foundation. Last year, there was a program called TREPS in personal finance. Can you tell us about the program? Yes, yeah, so TREPS here, and it's something Mr. Spingarn is very excited, excited about. I know my seventh graders are very excited too. TREPS, or TREP, if you will, comes from entrepreneurship. It's a, the col a collection of the um, middle letters, if you will. It's not exactly the, the midpoint of the word. TREP, being part of entrepreneurship, and then the S, making it plural, TREPS, is a, well, it, it, it's, it's a chance for all of us, um, all of our students, to take part in um, entrepreneurship actively. And we'll be doing that in our all-purpose room where our students will be able to offer a product, uh, collect payment, process payment. We'll be talking about product, and more than product, place, price, promotion, all the things that go into entrepreneurship. One of the things, and I'll speak for Mr. Platterotti, uh, well, now and maybe in the future, but we, we like to show Shark Tank in, in our classes, and, and that's, that's a, a preview of what entrepreneurs go through in, in the product space here, right? Because we're looking to, to solve a problem when we offer a product, when we offer a service. And, and for here, that's, that's just what we'll be doing. We'll also be building, and this will be a culmination of all the skills that we work on in, in financial literacy and in personal finance. So there's a lot that's gonna go into it. Many of us may take a look in the all-purpose room or, or wherever we are and think, well, hey, this is, this is just limited to entrepreneurship, that is running a business or being part of a business, selling something, if you will. But it's a culmination here. It's a buildup of all the things we've been working on all year here, which will be, not the least of which, budgeting, saving, financial institutions, debt, credit, capital markets, that is the stock market, and, and all of the things, as I mentioned before, product place, price promotion, marketing, if you will, all those things that are gonna pour into entrepreneurship. So it, it, it's a real great chance for, for our students to, to show what they have, show what they've learned, and make real money being a mini entrepreneur. Yeah, and I was lucky enough to be a part of that program last year. We're going to talk about it more on this podcast when we get closer to May. We're going to promote it. It's a really great program. Uh, Mr. Simmons and Mr. Spingarn are taking it over this year. Mr. Simmons does an incredible job. He's been doing it for a few years now, and it's a great opportunity for our students to get a chance to feel what it's like to run a small business. And they put out the money themselves, they create the product, they sell the product, and they get to enjoy the fruits of their labor, or labor hopefully, um, by making a profit.
Really cool. We'll talk about it as we get closer to May. But now, Mr. Spingarn, we have our wonderful eighth grade students that are going to be uh, giving you some unusual, unique questions. So we're going to ask that you fire these off as quickly as possible so we can get to the next one. It's all about what's your instinct on these. Some are usual, unusual, some are unique, um, but they all should be kind of uh, fun with that. If you won the lottery, what is the first thing you'd buy? Something to eat, probably. <laughs> uh, are you a morning person or a night owl? Afternoon person. If you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you like to visit? Wow, this might take a while. I'd like to, I'd like to go to South America, travel the. Travel South America first and then make my way to Europe, Asia, etc. Uh, would you rather have the ability to see 10 minutes into the future or 150 years into the future? It's an ex existential question here. wasn't prepared for that one. Seeing the future uh, would, would be great either way. I wouldn't mind either. What is your favorite guilty pleasure snack? Well... Cookies. What is your favorite big vocabulary word that you use in your teaching? Deep breath. I know you have a lot of them. Favorite word. Ambiguity? Ambiguous? Can I enter more than one word? Sure. Go for it. Uh, elucidate? Elaborate? I just said existential, if that counts. Would you rather have a personal maid or a personal chef? Chef. Who is your favorite musical artist? Wow. I know you're a big music guy. Here's the last one. So if you want to elaborate a little bit on this and give the, give the people what they want to hear, your favorite musical artist, go for it. Uh, it it's tough for me to say anything other than Michael Jackson. Wow. Really? Indeed. King of Pop. Indeed. Who else do you like, though? Who else do you listen to? Stevie Wonder. Uh, a lot of jazz, R&B. Classical, too. All genres. So if we can give you, like, a fake, well, I guess it'd be a real, a real concert ticket, but to see anybody living or dead, who would you want to see? Like, think about, like, in their prime. Like, you want to see Sinatra in the 40s, boom, you're there. Beatles 65, boom, you're there. This is tough. Zeppelin 70s, boom, you're there. This is very, very tough. Uh, I, I would have liked to see Earth, Wind, and Fire live, but really the other two, three that I mentioned, live as well. But Earth, Wind, and Fire is, is, a, is a band during, during their prime that, that, that I would have liked to see live. I feel that would be a fun concert. And let, let me put Earth, Wind, and Fire. So if I had to pick the, the, my, my favorite group, it would be beyond um, solo artists, it would be Earth, Wind, and Fire. Absolutely certain. Now that we're done with the two-minute sting, now let's turn to Sebastian, who's going to talk about video games. Thank you so much, Mr. Spingarn. Thanks, sir. Thank you. Hi, I'm Seb, and here are the new releases for February 2023. Deliver Us Mars, Fashion Police Squad, Clash Artifact of Chaos, Horror's Legacy, Wanted Dead, Blank, Return Nor, the Final Bar Line, Tales of Symphonia Remaster, The Settlers, New Allies, Wall Hearts, Atomic Hearts, Like Dragon, Asian, 
Pomponius High, Digimon War, New Order, Horizon Call of the Mountain, Blood Bowl 3, Company of the Heroes 3, Son of the Forest, Atelier Risa 3, Kerbal Space Program 2, Kirby Return to Dreamland Deluxe, Octopath Traveler 2, Scars Above, Destiny 2, Lightfall, and that's all for this month. And here we have Brandon with sports. In the NFL playoffs this week, the Eagles are playing the 49ers, and the Bengals are playing the Chiefs. The winners from each conference will verse each other in the Super Bowl, which will be played in Arizona, where the Cardinals play their games. That will take place at 6.30 p.m. on February 12th. Thanks. This year was the 80th annual Golden Globes in the Beverly Hilton. Austin Butler took home the 2023 Golden Globe in the Best Actor in a Drama category for his portrayal of Elvis Presley in Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. This film was loved by many. Lisa Marie Presley, Elvis Presley's daughter, attended the award ceremony in support of him days before her death. Even though Elvis didn't win for Best Picture Drama, The Fablemans, another amazing film, was awarded the Golden Globe. Now here's Yvonne with Climate Change. Thanks, Juliet. As 2023 has joined us, statistics for 2022 have come out, one of these being climate change. Climate change has been around for a little while, but this year it's really shown. Have you noticed that we haven't had much snow this winter at all? Well, other places haven't had much either. In September of 2022, almost 1,000 heat records were broken, and in October we had a high of 78 degrees. Eight countries in Europe have experienced their warmest January ever, and three have broken station records. This includes that the UK's Met Office has also confirmed that 2022 was their warmest year ever recorded. It is important to bring down temperatures, but who knows if this will happen. Anyways, now here is Mariana and Bailey with horoscopes. Thanks, Yvonne. Hi, everyone. You know what time it is, and you know what month it is. It's February now. It's the month of love and roses and chocolate. Unless you're allergic, which is unfortunate. It's also cold, which is also unfortunate. But on the brighter side, Pisces is the zodiac sign for this month. Here are some fun facts about Pisces and where you can find the constellation of Pisces. Pisces are extremely good at adapting to their surroundings. This can include being very observational of the things around them. For example, they can spot people's energy levels or personalities. To add on, Pisces adore exploring their endless imaginations. You can often catch them just staring off to the distance with their thoughts. A little romantic, don't you think? Now, switching from that, you could find the constellation for Pisces in the Southern Hemisphere. Pisces will appear upside down compared to how it looks like in the Northern Hemisphere, however. And it can be spotted in the spring months. Now, that's it for this month's zodiac sign, and now let's get back to this month's special guest. Thank you, Brandon. And now a special thanks to our lead producer of this episode, Victor. Here's a clue for our mystery guest in the month of March. They used to be a Brooklyn Nets dancer. Please continue to listen on the first of every month 
find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And don't forget to like and follow. That's all for the February edition of the podcast. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next month. Bye. 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 So uh, I have a half hour for this one, right? Oh, 30 seconds. I thought you said 30 minutes. Oh, well. So I was planning on talking about more baseball players, but that's going to be tough in 30 seconds. So let's just talk more vocabulary words here. Loquacious, ostensible, inexorable. Uh, some, those are just some I, I like pretty much. Oh, oh, I think we're at the 30-second mark, 30 minutes. No? Okay. Bye.